Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hello and welcome to the Naked Gaming Podcast, episode four. It's the April special because it's been recorded in April. Uh, I'm Chris Barrow. Georgia is still travelling around the world, mostly without the internet. Last I heard from her, she come down with some kind of South African flu, but I think she's on the mend. But anyway, friend and gamer Alex Rhodes is back after rave reviews last month. Hello, Alex Rhodes. Hello, and most importantly, doesn't have South African flu. <laughs> yes, I've, this is I've good. those boxes. <laughs> you're, you are the most available person who was there, so thank you yeah. so much for being there. No problem. Uh, well, it seemed to go all right last month. Even the mega boss was like, ah, I like this Alex guy. I was like, I know, he's very good, you see. Oh, excellent. So welcome. Thank you very much. Welcome yes. again. Looking forward to it. Back for the sequel. Yeah, like, uh, part Halo 2. <laughs> Halo 2, the one which yeah. was all right, wasn't it? So it'll be fun. That was even better, that one. Yeah. Dual wielding and everything. <laughs> well, let's dual wield in this show. Tell us the plan then for this month. So uh, this month, the Naked Gaming Podcast will look at gaming news as well as reviewing the latest releases. If you missed last month's episode, we looked at how developers change their games based on gamer feedback. Your example about, you know, not not liking a particular weapon or something like that, that's extraordinarily valuable feedback to us because if you don't like a certain weapon in a game for whatever reason, you you might not keep playing that game if it's a game where you have to use that weapon. It was an interesting one, so go and download that if you haven't heard it already. This month, Alex returns to run through the results of the gaming BAFTAs that were recently announced. Did you go to the actual glitzy ceremony? Oh, yes, in my uh, virtual tuxedo and everything. No, I, I, I was sat on my sofa and I scrolled through it whilst yeah. lying down on my sofa, as is the true game aware. Absolutely. Yes, and after Prince Harry said that Fortnite should be banned, saying the game was created to addict, we'll look at gaming addiction in the news. Plus, as Game of Thrones returns for its final season, we'll hear from a fan of the living card game. As for new releases, Bioware's latest is called Anthem, which is the third-person shooter. You play as something called a freelancer. Interesting name for Interesting. a for a faction there. And You're I, very I, familiar with that term, aren't yeah, you, Chris? I certainly am, although I don't have a javelin suit, uh, which is apparently what you need to be a true freelancer. Uh, so we'll talk about that game. I have to say it's been taking up a huge amount of my time this month. Um, I've been loving it, but anyway, we'll talk about that later. Uh, I've still been trying to smash through all of uh, Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, the latest is I'm still on Rechain of Memory uh, because... Anthem has been too good, basically. Mm. And also, I've been trying to play through Telltale's Walking Dead series, but from the very beginning, because they've released their final, final, final episode of that. So season four, uh, episode four, has just come out. But the problem is that because I started at the beginning and season two is so boring, I'm finding it a real tough slog. Uh, well, we'll have to see if it's, if it's, if it's worth the wait. I know it's, yeah. this is... This is literally the final installment because the studio that make it is, has been uh, shut down. Exactly. So this is, this is all they wrote, quite literally. No. Um, so in the absence of that, I'll just be talking you through Hearthstone's latest expansion as well because I have managed to get a bit of action on that in. It's I've called... been getting to grips with that. Yeah, have you? Oh, right. Rise yep. of Shadows. Yep. Very, mm-hmm. very interesting. Uh, they've really changed up the whole thing. After a year of playing the same deck, 
everyone has gone, hooray, new cards. Uh, start, start all over again. <laughs> exactly. Dust everything and begin at the beginning. Uh, also, Retro Revival this week, we're looking at Final Fantasy X and X2 Remastered, a uh, game that I played a lot in my childhood. But does it stand the test of time? And if you'd like to get in touch, you can always email gaming at nakedscientist.com. So before we talk about gaming addiction, his friend, colleague and gaming enthusiast Alex Rhodes, who was available this week, that is what we can say about him, uh, he's got a roundup of the Gaming BAFTA Awards. First of all, walking away with the top prize at the 15th annual BAFTA Game Awards was God of War. The latest instalment in the action-adventure blockbuster franchise from Sony stars an older, more grizzled Kratos and his fresh-faced son, Atreus. My son, we do not fight because the world makes us fight. We fight for a greater purpose. We forge into the unknown the promise we made. No matter the darkness, nothing will stand in our way. Not a bad year for Greek mythology. Assassin's Creed was also one of those nominated in the category. Prince Harry isn't a fan, but almost every 13-year-old on planet Earth is. Fortnite, one of the biggest games in the industry today, walked away with the award for Best Evolving Game. It was originally released in 2017, so it wasn't eligible for some of the other categories. There are 100 tiers and over 100 awards to earn, including new wraps, pets, emotes, and more. Remember, you keep all your rewards after the season ends. New in this season to all players is the Party Assist feature. Before a match, you can pick a daily or weekly challenge, and your friends can help you complete it. The Season 8 Battle Pass is available right now for just 950 V-Bucks. A new adventure awaits in Season 8. We'll see you in-game. Back in my day, 13-year-olds were all playing RuneScape, so it's great to see old-school RuneScape and friends of the show, Jagex, taking this top spot in the mobile game category. Mining copper has never been so fun. So come, join hundreds of thousands of players and relive your heritage. Slay all the dragons. Complete all the quests. And reclaim the wilderness as your own. Old School RuneScape. Relive your adventures. And shockingly, the big loser of the night was Red Dead Redemption 2. The latest mega hit from Rockstar was nominated in six, six categories, but didn't manage to scoop the gold in any of them. I wish things were different. But it weren't us who changed. Thanks, Alex, and well done to friends of the show, RuneScape. If you want to hear from the team as well, you can download last month's podcast episode where they talk about the way they adapt their game to the audience as well. So we heard that Fortnite won a gaming BAFTA for Best Evolving Game. 
you haven't played it before, it's an online video game developed by Epic Games, and you can get three different game modes. There's Save the World, which is kind of a co-op shooter survival type mode where you play and kill zombies. Fortnite Battle Royale, which is probably the most popular version where 100 players fight out online to be the last person standing. And there's also Fortnite Creative, where you get kind of free roam to create your own worlds and to do arena battles, stuff like that. But Prince Harry said this month that he wants Fortnite to be banned. Gaming addiction is actually listed as a mental health condition by the World Health Organization as well. So what are the signs of gaming addiction and what can you do if you think you might have a problem? Dr Louise Theodosiu is a leading adolescent psychiatrist with the Royal College of Psychiatrists. There are ways of encouraging people to continue to use digital technology when it may be less helpful for them to do so. For example, people may continue to game if they are reminded that other people in a game that they are playing cooperatively with other people will be continuing to embark on quests. They may also receive reminders telling them that there will be time-limited quests available for a short period of time that would enhance their character. They may be reminded that their character is online and waiting for them. These concepts of persuasive technology can be seen as encouraging people to return to games at points when actually they had decided not to. Is there a particular age group that's affected by something like this? What we know is that increasingly people are gaming at all ages of life. It is true that more younger people are gaming. However, what we have to acknowledge is that gaming is not in and of itself a negative thing. And do you become disconnected from the real world? Yes, there are situations where people may find that they are less likely to engage in reality. If, for example, you were feeling very anxious in the real world, you don't want to leave the house, you don't feel accepted by your peers, you find being in open spaces very anxiety-producing, you do not feel that you're doing well at school. In all of these circumstances, people may find that they are becoming less involved in the real world and that the virtual world is becoming a place where they feel much safer. Yes, this can, of course, be problematic. Do you feel like games companies have a responsibility towards their own customers when it comes to something like gaming addiction? Yes, indeed they do. What we would recommend is that games companies acknowledge some of the persuasive strategies that may be used. For example, notifications and time-limited quests. We would also recommend games companies to keep an eye on the amount of time that young people and indeed games of any age are spending on games. And what can parents do if they're listening to this? If a parent is listening to this and is worried, what they need to remember is that ultimately the best way of addressing this is to speak to their children, say that you recognise that gaming is important to them, but that there needs to be a balance of activities. What we would also encourage people to do is to not allow children to be gaming after a certain time at night, although we recognise that this gets much more difficult as children get older. Addressing the accompanying mental health needs is a process that can be supported either through school nurses or possibly through primary care, who can, of course, then liaise with mental health services. Dr Louise Theodosiu. Now, Game of Thrones has returned for its eighth and final season, According to HBO, the first episode was watched by 17.4 million people across all platforms, and that was just on the Sunday night. But before the TV series, of course, there were the books, and alongside them, 
A Game of Thrones living card game. A Game of Thrones the card game is a living card game of politics, battle, intrigue and betrayal for two or more players based on George R.R. R. Martin's best-selling A Song of Ice and Fire fantasy novel series. During the game, each player controls one of eight great factions in the Seven Kingdoms. You must best your opponents in order to gain power in Westeros, defeating them on the field of battle, outwitting them in the intrigues of court, or stealing their power in the political arena. Well, Daniel Malcrone runs a group that plays the game in Northamptonshire. So how does it work? It's a Game of Thrones. It's a living card game. Uh, it's similar, akin to things like uh, Magic the Gathering, Hearthstone that have yeah. become quite popular in uh, recent years. We play it locally. Um, it's released by Fantasy Fight Games. Basically, you buy a pack and you get all of the cards that you need. It's not randomised like you would do in other games. So how many cards are in a the pack? In, so you, each time a pack is released, you get two cards for each faction. So you get 36 cards, I think, in mm-hmm. each pack. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's when you buy the pack, you know exactly what you're going to get and you get everything. You don't. It's not randomised in any way like that. Um, and the game, the purpose of the game is you. It focuses around three challenges. You get military, so you get to kill your opponent. You get intrigue. You're going to try and take away their options and limit what they can do on their turn. And power, which is how you're going to win the game um, by accruing 15 power. And when you get 15, you win. So it's as simple as that, and you're trying to basically get that, influence that power together, mm. and what does that symbolise when you get to 15? So when you get to 15 power, that kind of symbolises you kind of ascending to the Iron Throne, getting enough influence to kind of win the game and be on the throne. Um, we play locally on a Tuesday night uh, from 6 o'clock at the Roadbender, actually. And when you say it's a living card game as opposed to another type of card game, what, what does that mean in terms of its uh, the way that the game's played? So uh, I, I use the word term living card game as opposed to like collectible card game mm. where obviously you're collecting cards or trading card game where the focus is trading to get a full set a living card game basically means is is a distribution model whereby you buy a pack and in that pack you know what's in there you're going to get those set cards and it's going to progress and change over time so the cards that you're playing with are going to change month by month as you buy different things or get different packs and different things released but it's a slowly evolving game and does let's say you get a set of 36 cards or whatever the pack mm-hmm. is and then another pack gets released two months down the line are those compatible or is it yeah. like a set oh, right, everything so is all compatible cool. um, so you, when you get in if you're a beginner if you haven't played the game before you just I'd go out buy a Game of Thrones living card game core set buy that it tells you all the instructions are in the book with some suggested decks that you can play and just give it a go uh, then once you've done that if you then want to look into more you can then slowly look at buying different packs there's expansions fo- focused around specific houses, um, depending on who you like thematically and also in terms of how they play in the game. And which cards tend to be strong? I know this is like the impossible question because yeah. obviously everyone's trying to make the decks that win. But yeah. at the moment, you know, you tend to, after a game's been out for a while, there tends to be certain strategies or certain themes that tend to be quite good. W- what's kind of popular at the moment in the game? So one of the great things about it being a living card game, as with any card game, is the meta shifts and evolves over when you time. Say that, when you say the meta... because so the, Sorry, the meta. The meta is kind of the, the uh, overview of what people are playing in tournaments and playing against each other what's good at the time yeah. will change because when you decide oh, I'm going to go really really aggressive and I'm going to try and destroy everything on your board people can turn around and go well I know that there's this strategy that's going to try and shut you down that's going to work really well against your deck type so that will then become really good as a really good archetype to play mm-hmm. um, but then 
obviously people then go, oh, well, actually, you're controlling me. So I'm going to go really, really fast and I'm going to rush and I'm going to try and get to 15 power as quickly as possible. So yeah. it changes kind of with time. At the minute, uh, slightly ironically, um, Greyjoy are top dogs at the oh, minute right. in the game um, <laughs> just blowing everyone's stuff up and destroying the world and just watching the world burn it's, it's kind of like i always think of when you talk about meta is it's a bit like you know paper scissors rock yeah. where that if everybody's playing rock and you know everybody's playing rock yeah. then you can start intentionally playing paper absolutely but then once everyone starts playing paper to counter that then mm. you can say well i'm going to play scissors in yes. that case and so it's good to hear that there is those kind of different archetypes that can take on the other ones yeah there absolutely are and obviously because it's a living card game that that model that i described about how cards are released things change slowly over time anyway so obviously there are decks that are going to be stronger and weaker at different times cards and factions that are going to be stronger and weaker but you can then choose to um counter what you think is going to be popular or sit back play what you enjoy and wait for different cards to come out game of thrones has been going for you know eight nine ten years Mm. but uh, how recent is the card game in comparison to that well so the card game is really really old we are is it really yes um we are on the second edition of the game there was a first edition before that and before that it was a collectible card game it's a completely different model um they originally fantasy flight acquired the license back when it was just the books oh really early on yeah when there was only books there was no television show so this is uh, over 15 nearly 20 years ago i'd probably say so it's been going a really long time um obviously when the tv show came out the became much more popular yeah i was gonna say you must have noticed the, yeah the increase yeah. because of that and i'm imagining that because this season is out now this is kind of why i wanted to mention it on the show today because i think that you know people who are interested in in game of thrones might fancy something Absolutely. like this yeah and i think i think it does a really good job of capturing the kind of essence of game of thrones there uh <laughs> the fact that from one turn to the next you never know who's going to die who's going to live who is suddenly going to win you the game um and that kind of unexpected uh, element is really good it also captures the character of some of those key like cersei lannister one of her abilities is she gets power when she discards your cards when she takes away your options she starts winning more so there's it captures those little elements of the tv show and the books really well daniel Malcrone. And good luck fighting for the Iron Throne. Time to look at new releases on the show. I've got a couple for you this time round. We'll start with Anthem, which is an online multiplayer action role-playing video game developed by Bioware and published by Electronic Arts. It's quite similar to Destiny, if you've played that game, except that it's in third person. Feel the power of your javelin. It's precision. Unleash your power. Never give up. Ready, Javelin One? Let's go! You are freelancers. Well, Alex, I'll tell you what, I've been playing this a bit too much, probably to the detriment of me actually completing The Walking Dead from the beginning, to be honest with you. Well, you've only got so much time, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, I know, but I'll tell you what it is. This is one of those games where the reviews came in and it was really slated. And I was oh, yeah, they've I've been mean, very tepid. I was, I was reluctant to buy it, to be honest with you, but I watched a, a video and I thought, it looks like it could be my kind of thing. Mm. Um, so I bought it and 
it's one of the best games I've probably ever played, to be honest with really? you. Really? Wow. Yeah. I, I love it. It's just incredible. You see, I, I also, you know, I was put off by the reviews and I watched some videos on it and it seemed like, because it's, it's been in production for a long time, I think, like you say, it was very much inspired by Bungie's Destiny um, back when I think everyone in the industry thought this is the way gaming's going to yeah. go. But yeah. Destiny didn't really perform the way they wanted. But by, by the time they were really up and running with Anthem, it was kind of too late. So... Yeah, it's interesting to hear that you really enjoyed it because I've seen a lot of people saying, you know, even though it's taken so long to make, it still could use some extra time to polish and things like that. Well, what I've noticed is that I'm lucky in the sense that I came to it slightly later. So I'd got a few of the day one patches already. So I hadn't gone through the kind of frustration that, you know, you're getting thousands of guns every time you do a mission, but none of them are useful. So you have to sift through them all and, you know, melt them down into (laughs) basically parts for other guns and stuff like that. Um, I have to say, though, this is just pure gameplay. For me, the actual gameplay is just amazing. The way you fly around in your javelin suit as a freelancer, as I mentioned, um, you really feel like you could go anywhere on the map. And and the maps are huge. They're enormous, Mm. you know. If you can get the core gameplay right, you can actually fix other things in patches. I mean, in an ideal world, you wouldn't. I heard of one one little mistake on on, on it when it was first sent out was that, uh, obviously, with the loot, it's all randomised, the sort of uh, attack values on weapons. You could get, you know, one of the drops where some of the guns would come in and their attack value was zero. So they wouldn't actually... actually damage anything (laughs) well thankfully i managed to miss out on that but i suppose and what i'm really kind of trying to argue is that is it worth buying today and i would say Mm. the answer to that question is yes maybe you you know steer clear of it because of release but because of the latest patches they fixed some of the loot problems um they've actually just made it a very smooth running game and and it's it's you feel powerful you know you feel like you should feel when you're flying around a big kind of mechanised suit. The story is okay. The voice acting's fine. One of the side characters called Owen is really quite annoying. Um, but it's not really a game about story here. It's It's got very smooth multiplayer. So you sign up for a mission, you load up, and yeah, okay, the loading time's a little bit long, but you get chucked into a mission with three other random people on nine, or, of course, your own friends if you want to add them into your party. And it's just really good. Everything runs smooth. The missions are great. There's a lot of variety in there. And I have to say that, you know, I've I've got absolutely no problems with this game. I think it's really incredible. Well, I hope it does the numbers that um, Bioware hopes it will do because this uh, Bioware seemed like a bit of a studio on the, kind of their, their last legs, really. Yeah, so yeah. the problem with um, this game is it also came up uh, came out at a similar time as Apex Legends, yeah. which is this uh, which is free to download. So you, you're always and and that proved to be a massive smash, even like you know. Um, seeing out Fortnite on terms of most streamed games on Twitch and things like that so you know when someone's absorbing all the heat it's like how no one tries to release a game when Rockstar's yeah. uh, <laughs> releasing one or when the new Call of Duty's coming out you get sucked into that black hole don't you yeah you certainly do uh, a couple of complaints that I had you know I can ignore most things um, If you, you can't play offline so if you're an offline kind of player if your internet isn't brilliant do steer clear of this one because it's one of those games where you need to constantly be connected to the internet yeah. you can't play in any way if you're not connected Uh, the only other thing that's a bit weird is that every time you load up the game in the sort of opening credit thing for about five seconds where they go ah Bioware uh, there's a message that comes up on PS4 in my experience that says sorry you cannot stream this because this is restricted content and then which is really weird and then after that goes it says streaming available again and you think why? Why is that showing up every time I log that's into the odd. game? Again, that again, that seems like another bug that should have been 
detected and fixed yeah. really yeah. these days you got every game needs to be able to be streamed i think I, I, there's arguments that people you know people are giving it away on on twitch and things like that but I, I don't think that's the case i think it's helped them out in terms of publicity if a game is doing well on twitch and youtube and things like that so true one of our next games is certainly doing well on twitch but i would give this one a, a good eight out of ten if you don't mind getting the later release and going through all the patches it's well worth it anthem is available on pc ps4 and xbox one now so next up on the show i'm glad to hear that you've been playing this as well actually Uh, it's hearthstone Uh, it's rise of shadows which is the latest expansion and it's available now on pc and mobile so you're probably wondering why i gathered you here let me take a moment and break it down we've been given black eyes by the good guys Oh, but that's about to change. Those metal mortals who've mocked up our missions will finally feel some of our pain. You see, I have a devious plan that requires a demonstrative fist. And each of you will have your dreams come true as a finger's finger of peace. So if you haven't played Hearthstone before, Alex, what, how would you describe it? Because, I mean, I always say it's kind of like an online card game based on World of Warcraft characters, but it's a bit like poker in a way as well, isn't it? That's the way, best way to do it, uh, to describe it, I'd say. Yeah, it's one of these online card games. If you've ever played, um, so, for example, like The Witcher 3, one of the mini-games was... Um, Gwent. Gwent, exactly, which became its own sort of spin-off. But this is uh, something that's been around for a while, obviously being pushed by Blizzard. So big backing looks very nice and crucially for me you can play it on your macbook air unlike (laughs) anything else it's that and rome total war that's all i've got wow that's so true i've got it on my macbook as well then it's not the air i've I've upgraded um but yeah i mean i suppose the thing to say about this is if you haven't played hearthstone before it's a very colorful game it is basically a kid's card game which adults spend too much time on i think i've mentioned before um and you go head to head against other online players so you can play people who are playing on their mobiles Um, you can play on the move and you have a collection of cards that grows and grows there's like a classic set of cards and then there's expansions that turn up and and we're in a brand new year of hearthstone which is quite good because all the old cards are basically gone and it's time to start your collection almost again really yeah, it's, it's, it's always interesting to see a game that thinks in terms of years. You know, most games will, you know, they realise they've got about a shelf life of 10 months on your, on your, you know, console or whatever, and then people stop playing, and they try and hook you in with various DLCs maybe for a couple of years. But Hearthstone's been around for ages, yeah. and they, as you say, they, they come out with new seasons, and eventually some of the older cards become redundant, so I guess it keeps it fresh. How do you find this one? Because I've actually found it quite a pleasant change-up after playing one particular... There's nine classes. After playing Hunter for about a year, you get sick of it and you go away. But this does change things up enough for me to be interested again. Exactly. New cards, new sort of different... You know, they do different things. And also, uh, it looks like another single-player expansion's on the way. They they did that in the, the last few um, expansions. They had, like, single-player content, which I've been really enjoying, actually. Yeah. So I'm excited to see what that new... Uh, what that new element is it's not yet been released they've just released the sort of multiplayer cards so far and it's worth saying as well you don't have to actually pay to play it although there's some people say well it costs money to buy the packs if you don't want to earn them um but it, you don't you can play for free which is one of the bonuses yep. of this game I i've never spent a penny on it and um Perfect. you know you downloaded it for free off the um i suppose the app store and then yeah you can it's one of those things where if you want to put some money into it you can buy some card packs but the game does let you earn them Give me your rating out of 10, Alex Rhodes. I'd give it a solid 8. Cool, that's good, good. I was going to give it 7, so let's go with 8. That's very generous. Mm -hmm. I think it's good, good rating. 
Stop kidding around. Snake? Let's go on to Retro Revival. This is where we look at old-school games that have been remastered or ones they're bringing back again. Uh, this month I've been playing Final Fantasy X and Final Fantasy X-2, which have been re-released and remastered. Stay with me until the end. Not until the end. Always. Cherish me, Yuna. And I'll cherish you. Well, it's been interesting going back and playing this, actually. I'm sure that you played Final Fantasy X as well growing up. Um, you know what, Chris? You've embarrassed me now. Oh, I've yeah, never no, played no, a single no. Final Fantasy game Unbelievable. ever. Unbelievable scenes. Well, you probably <laughs> haven't missed out anything in terms of story because I can tell you now, uh, as an adult playing this game 10 years later, uh, the story makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> I mean, I, I sort of vaguely remembered it as a kid and I thought, oh, it's quite nice and the combat's mm. good and whatever, but... I just can't. There's no. I can't make any sense of it at all. There's this big <laughs> flying whale in the sky, and mm. it attacks Zanakind, which is your kind of hometown. Uh, and then apparently this big whale is called Sin. Oh, Sin is coming to get you, right? Philosophical. But Sin the whale. No. But then, I mean, spoiler alert. But then Sin turns out to be your dad. Okay. <laughs> which but I've never really understood what's going on there. So Wales, interesting, yeah. interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, what are we on now in terms of Final Fantasy? Oh, at least 17? fifteen. Oh, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. Yeah, yeah it's like that, it's yeah. ridiculous. But but the good thing about ten is that the graphics are greatly improved. So if you really do genuinely love Final Fantasy ten and you can look past how ridiculous the story is, the graphics are, are greatly improved. Um, but in a way, I don't know. It doesn't add that much for me. The the best thing about it, though, and and the fact it's only twenty quid, it, you know, it, it, it's worth mm. it if you want to play it. Uh, the best thing about it is that they've done a rearrangement of the soundtrack, so you can either play it through with original soundtrack or you can play it through with rearranged soundtrack. And I'd recommend doing that because it really sounds bigger, fuller. It sounds a bit more epic, and I was enjoying that actually. That was kind of keeping me playing when I would have gotten bored a bit early mm. on. So it's interesting. It's nice, to re- it's nice when they redo the score on these um, yeah. remasters because you know sometimes if you punch up the uh, graphics too much, you can't have the same kind of you know the old school eight bit sort of uh, soundtrack sort of thing. Yeah, I, I mean it's worth getting if you're a fan. If you've never played before, I wouldn't really recommend it. Um, I didn't even bother with Final Fantasy X because I thought it was such a bad game originally anyway. Mm. Uh, but Final Fantasy X is the one after seven that really stands out in the series. It's the one to play that everyone goes on about. So if you loved it, do get it again. It is available now on PlayStation, Xbox, and you can get it um, in various different guises as well, actually. Uh, but I'd say it's a, I'm giving it a five because it doesn't really add anything extra. Uh, but it was a bit nice to go back and have a bit of the old nostalgia there. You can't go wrong with a bit of nostalgia. Look at RuneScape, scooping <laughs> that award. Yeah. Well done, RuneScape. That's it for this month. We will be back next month looking at new games and reviewing things and doing what we do best. And if there's a game you'd like us to look at or you want to berate me for never playing Final Fantasy, you can get in touch with us, gaming at nakedscientist.com. That's gaming at nakedscientist.com. Alex, thank you again for sparing us the time. You really are quite good at this. Thank you very much. I'm going to print that on my (laughs) T-shirt. 